0: Hey Hope City Church, this is Pastor Jason and I've got Katie Ellis, our family ministries pastor with me.
1: Hey everybody.
0: And we are hopping on our podcast to have a conversation about how to raise or how to have the type of home that creates uh, children who have a relationship with Jesus or you could say I guess kids who who love Jesus and this conversation started for us because I came across an article or a blog online by Eric Geiger about the five biggest influences on your child's spiritual health. And I have four kids. I have a 10-year-old daughter, a seven-year-old daughter, a four-year-old son, and a two-year-old son. And I know, Katie, you've got some kids. What What are your mm-hmm. kids' ages?
1: Yeah, uh, we have two daughters. One's seven and one is four. Um, getting ready to be five, actually.
0: Okay, so we've got kids, especially, we've got kids in that really, developmental stage right now and so I know listen to this maybe there's grandparents or uh, uncles or aunts or you know we're kind of all over the place as far as kids in our life that we have influence on but specifically for us we've got kids right now in that developmental uh, stage and age and so this really got my attention I grabbed the link I send it over to Katie not only because she's a parent and a friend but she's also our family ministries pastor and uh, just wanted to get her feedback and so it got us thinking a little bit we wanted to get on here and just kind of talk about this out loud about what are the things that really influence our child's spiritual life and what are the things that maybe we think influence our child's spiritual life and health, but they don't really. And so, Katie, I would be interested to know as you are reading through this list and we're going to give you the five in just a second. But as you are reading through this list, what? Um, What were you surprised that was not on the list? Because we're going to get to what is, but what kind of things did you expect to be on a list of top, most influential things for the spiritual life of your child, but it wasn't on here?
1: Uh, Right. That was actually one of the things that surprised me was um, different things like... Having dinner together, having parents uh, going to big events wasn't on there, along with going to a Christian school, Mm -hmm. um, because you kind of toss around these ideas with school, like do I need my kids to be in a Christian school or a public school, but that actually did not make the list when they did the research, which really surprised me.
0: I think all of us as parents feel this pressure um, that that if we will raise good kids— that somehow in turn will raise kids who love God, Mm -hmm. that the the goal is just to raise good kids, moral kids, kind kids. And we think that that will just automatically transfer into, you know, kids with a great relationship with Jesus. But that's not, that's not the case that if we want to raise kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews that really have a relationship with Jesus, um, there are a few things that matter more than other things. And like you just said, you know, whether they go to a Christian school or not is not that important. I'll tell you something that really surprised me that wasn't on the list is what kind of church they go to. Yeah, you know We think like, oh, they need to go to a, a cool church with a great youth group or um, they need to go to a certain denominational church or whatever it is. That wasn't on the list either. So, so we all are trying to figure out what are the things that we can do to raise kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, people that we love, to raise them to have a relationship with Jesus. And so um, let's just go ahead and go through this list and, and talk about it a little bit and maybe encourage you, because I think you're probably doing a better job than you think you are. And the things that really make a difference, it's not that they're hard, they just take intentional effort. So let's start with number one five things that uh, really influence your child's spiritual health, according to Eric Geiger, who is actually just blogging on a book called "Nothing Less: Engaging Kids in a Lifetime of Faith," I'll put a link in in the description of this podcast. He was actually using it from that book. So, anyway, I'm, I'm delaying. Let's get to it. Number one, uh, the child's regular that the child regularly reads their Bible while growing up. So anybody who knows me knows, like, this is my soapbox. This is my pet peeve. I'm all about reading the Bible. I love to read the Bible. Um, I think it's very important. But I know for you, Katie, you you were raised in a, a religious home, mm-hmm. but you really didn't come alive, I guess, in a personal relationship with God until an adult. So you were faithfully attending church. You even went to a, a Catholic school. But at what age would you say you started like reading the Bible for yourself consistently?
1: Well, uh, I would say in the past – seven or eight years, it's been more consistent, um, in actually like diving into the word. I was really intimidated by the word. And mm-hmm. so I think that's a lot of it is like, let our kids know that it's really not as scary as you think to pull out the Bible. I mean, just the other day I had my oldest seven year old read a whole book of the Bible and she just went right through it and that's was awesome. able to help. What and book was it? Uh, Jonah all right. chapter one. <laughs> okay. So part of the devotion.
0: So. Listen, I'm all about technology. I'm a tech geek. I love having the Bible app on my phone and all that stuff. But there is still something. Maybe I'm just old school and nostalgic. I don't know. But there is still something powerful about getting out a Bible and teaching your children how to read it. And here's the trap or the for, for all of us. But let me just talk for me, even as a pastor, having pastor's kids, my kids know Bible stories. hmm but they don't read the bible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like they they can tell you about creation, they can tell you about Jonah, they can tell you about Noah, they can tell you about David and Goliath, they can tell you about the resurrection, Jesus and the apostle Paul. Like they know Bible stories, they go to Sunday school and all those things. But even as a parent as I was reading through this list, I thought, man, we I, I could do better about getting out a Bible and having them read it. And another thing I thought about was having how often do my kids see me? reading the Bible. They know I preach from the Bible, but how often do they see me uh, reading the Bible? And so this is, this is really important. Something to Eric, I'm just going to read this, something he put in his blog. He said, um, we as ministry leaders and parents uh, have to live Bible reading in front of our kids. And I just love that phrase, live Bible reading in front of our kids, show our kids how to read the text, read the Bible with them, do whatever it takes. And so that's number one, that the child regularly reads his or her Bible, not just no Bible stories, but reads, reads the Bible. All right, let's go to number two. Number two, similar to number one, is that the child regularly spends time in prayer, uh, growing up. And so Katie, I know that you're passionate about prayer. Um, what, how are some ways, or what are some ways that you're trying to teach your kids how to pray?
1: Um, that's actually something we've been trying to really grab hold of here lately, because we've been guilty of the pray before dinner, pray uh-huh. at bedtime. Um, but we want our kids to know that it is like a constant thing. You're just in prayer all day with Christ. And so my husband and I have made it a point to just be like, hey, we're gonna pray now. We're gonna pray on the way to school. We're gonna uh, we're having people over tonight. So let's pray that for conversations, um, and different things like that, and just modeling it for them, Because they can feel intimidated to say it out loud. But prayer out loud is just something I'm extremely passionate about. Uh, Something I didn't really learn till later on in life as well. And that I really want my kids to have that personal connection with the Lord.
0: I'm interested to know why you're so passionate about prayer out loud. What is it about praying out loud?
1: I don't know. I guess it's just because it becomes more of a conversation back and forth. To where the more you pray, the more you can kind of hear God leaning you one way or another. Because um, when I'm in my head, sometimes I can kind of make up my own thoughts. But when I'm praying out loud, I really feel connected and having the conversation with my father, really. Yeah. You know,
0: I love it. You were telling me a story the other day. I'm going to mess it up probably, but I would love for you to tell the story oh, about when you about. have no idea what I'm about to say. Uh, when your husband, Brad, walked up behind the girls. Can you tell that story?
1: So I was having, I have uh, women over once a month and, uh, we usually pray over the table and the girls were helping me do that and they were praying. And then Brad, I didn't even know he was home yet, comes up behind them and starts praying with them, uh, for the women coming over to my house and just kind of brought tears to our eyes because, you know, something about the man leading kind of, I just remember things that my dad did for me, even though my mom was there too. But something about your dad just grabbing, holding you, praying is just, is powerful.
0: So I think the best way we can teach our kids to pray is for them to listen to how we pray. Mm-hmm. And if the only time that our kids hear us pray is, thank you Lord for providing this food or bless it to our bodies or uh, help us to sleep good, like keep doing that. I don't want us to stop doing that. But how often do they do they hear us pray to God? And I like to wake up early, and so my kids are not up. And so most of my Bible reading and prayer happens while they're still asleep. And so I'm trying to be more intentional about that. Even just this morning, my wife and I have tried to start the habit of praying together at 7 a.m. as a part of this series that we're, that we're doing at the church. And our, our seven-year-old was sitting on the bed putting on her socks for school. And there was a part of me that was like, uh, could you step out because we need to pray? But then I thought, well, no, nope, she can... She can sit right there and listen to us pray. So mm-hmm. um, number two, that your child regularly spends time in prayer uh, as they grow up. So we're giving you five of the biggest influencers of your child's spiritual health. Number one, that they that the child regularly reads his or her Bible growing up. Number two, that the child regularly spends time praying growing up. You may would have guessed those two. So now let's get to the three that maybe you you would not have guessed. All right, number three that the child regularly served or serves in church while growing up, okay? Let me read a little bit from the article that Eric released. Um, Research revealed that the family attending church is very significant for the child, all right? But that if if the family is infrequent in in church attendance— it, it adversely impacts the faith development of their children, uh, children, and so church attendance matters. But even more than attending, serving in the church while growing up makes a profound impact on a, a child or a teenager. And so I want to give you a chance, Katie Ellis, to plug what you're doing with our kids because yes. I am so in love with our serve squad. So talk about
1: that. Yes, I was immediately thought of that when I read this. So recently uh, we were trying to figure out what to do with our children that were second service kids. We have people volunteering to services. What do we do with those kids? And we have implemented what we call serve squad for those third through sixth graders. And they went through a training program and they got Hope City shirts. And now they are serving as Preschool helpers. They are cleaning up. They are uh, running media in the kids' department. They are greeters or parking lot. And so, and they're having a blast. Like just talking to these kids. They just are in love with it and love it. And so then we have also have teenagers that have come on board um, that are also serving in big ways around here, and you just see the joy that comes across. So I'm extremely passionate about it, so I love that it's on this list.
0: Yes, so. and so my just as an example, my 10-year-old. My 7-year-old is totally jealous because she's not old enough to do it yet. <laughs> but for my 10-year-old, it, when she started serving... It, uh, it, it made her feel like she was a part of the church. And I think sometimes we talk about how the next generation is the church of tomorrow or whatever. But, you know, what's really happened for us in the last few months with Serve Squad is we're starting to recognize that just because you're 10 or 11 doesn't mean you're the church of tomorrow. Like, you're the church of right now, too. And so my daughter, who had strep throat last week, uh, who had to stay home, uh, was texting me during church, saying, "Please let my serve squad leader know that I'm so sorry I can't make it, and I really wish I could be there." And just really passionate about serving, and do they understand the ramifications? Maybe, probably not. But more than anything else, it just gives them—they don't—we're not just going to go to church; mm-hmm. we're going to be the church, and we're going to serve. And so, uh, I can only imagine what kind of impact they're going to have, you know, as church members when they when they're married and have kids and wherever they go um because they're going to be yeah. taught that you don't just go you you serve and so I think that's so cool. All right, number 4. Um uh-oh, this is a tough one for me. Here we go. The child <laughs> number 4. The child listens primarily to Christian music. Okay. Oh, stop. I so, I listened, I do listen to Christian music, <laughs> but as a musician growing up like I just did not like a lot of Christian music and um and so I got A lot of times in the car, like I listen to clean music. It's not that it's dirty. I don't don't listen to like gangster rap or something. Uh, But even my four-year-old will walk into the kitchen and say, Alexa, play John Mayer. And so uh, I was incredibly convicted by this. And I want to just read to you what Eric said about this particular one, because maybe you are in my boat out there. Okay, He said, um, research says that the fourth biggest factor uh, of a kid's spiritual growth is listening to Christian music. So um, as you get in the car, be happy when your kids uh, are listening to Christian rap, even if you think it's cheesy or if there is something that your kids can latch onto, make that a priority. And I just know for me, when there are there's music, like every year our kids do vBS and they get addicted, like the VBS songs get in your head or or whatever it is. But I have to really be careful that when the kids are in the car, not that the music is somehow wrong or bad, but that it's not Christian. And so they're getting addicted is not the right word, but they're they're it's what they are beginning to love is not something that is glorifying God or, the songs that are stuck in their head that they're humming are not songs about Jesus, mm. and so uh, my wife is much better about this than me. Um, but what about you? What's the what's kind of the the Ellis family car ride music? I was going to say music?
1: I'm more on the boat with Andrea. Okay. <laughs> we are definitely in my car. It's mostly Christian uh, music, worship music, just because I enjoy it. But mm-hmm. then I love like looking back in the back seat and seeing them sing the songs. Uh, Presley's favorite song is "Tremble," so like that, when she, that yeah. must be where
0: my kids got it yeah they, they love she song. loves
1: it so um but and then Brad actually has embraced the Christian rap thing which is <laughs> cool Um because it feels cooler I yeah. guess I don't know but um I'm just like was excited to see it on the list because yeah. it's something that we were already doing and we're just going to continue to do so yeah
0: well we all, and there's no argument that music is powerful. Mm-hmm. I could start saying, saying some lyrics or humming some, some tunes. And we would all like, every time I hear old Tim McGraw, I think about my senior year of high school, you know, every time I hear like Fresh Prince theme song, I think about watching that show with, uh, with my family or like we all are, t- songs make us feel a certain way. Rascal Flat's first album, me and Andrea dating, getting engaged. I mean, like music is powerful. Yeah. And if we know that that's true, then what better to connect our family and our kids to than music that's about Jesus, that glorifies God? Worship music. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, I'm just old enough to remember like worship music was lame. And now it's actually not lame. And so, Yeah, it's
1: Lauren Daigle.
0: It's Lauren Daigle, Come baby. On. Lauren <laughs> Daigle. I do love Lauren Daigle. I will say that. Uh, Lauren, if you're listening, we're big fans. <laughs> All right. Okay, here we go. Number five. Last one. The child participates in church mission trips and projects number five spiritual influence uh health of your child the child participates in church mission trips and projects if number four is my weakness number five is my strong one all right so i can brag on this one a little bit my dad started taking me on mission trips when i was 12 years old and we went every year Uh, As I was growing up after that, and we've already started taking my daughter Sadie to Guatemala to orphanage with us. We've taken her the last two summers, our oldest child, because I I just remembered as as a young kid the amazement of like my worldview getting bigger, getting on a plane and going somewhere and serving people. And yeah, I guess I could have served in my neighborhood, but there was something about being on the other side of the country or in another country and realizing how big God is, how big the church is. Um, and so it has always been very important. It's important to our church. It's just something that's been in me and a part of me because of what my dad did. And I've been trying to to pass it down to my kids. And I would say this, I would even go as far as to say this, is that especially if you have a teenager, we've seen this in our church, but it, I think it's it's true that especially if you have a teenager and you're going through one of those like awkward, I can't stand my teenager, they can't stand me phases. I think one of the best things you can do is take them on a mission trip. Take a week to build a house or to help at an orphanage or to go serve needy people who, you know, if they're mad about technology, take them somewhere where there's no technology. And I've seen over and over again how that can really bond you guys. So what about this one, Katie? Katie? Participating in projects and trips and mission trips.
1: Well, actually, I haven't personally been on a mission trip, We're changing so that. I We're would that. absolutely love to go. Uh, we thought about taking our oldest, but she wasn't quite old enough yet. Mm-hmm. But what I do love and what I do know about this is it says mission trips and projects. Yeah. So some of the things that we do community outreach around here, our Bless back project, seeing the kids take hold of that has been um, amazing to see. So they know it's not just like an inward focus. It's outward. Like um, outreach is a huge thing for kids to get involved in community service. And uh, yeah. So yeah.
0: I think the more we give our kids permission to dream big dreams, that they will dream bigger dreams and take more chances. And so I think, man, if we could get, we just started opening up our, our mission trips for parent kids, like I was talking about the last two years. And one of the reasons we did that is like, I want my 8, 9, 10, 12-year-old thinking, like, maybe I want to be a missionary. You know, they don't know what they want to be when they grow up. But what if they got infected with that dream early? We would raise a lot of people up who say, man, I could, I can go anywhere in the world. I can do anything, uh, and God could use that. So I'm, I, I love that. I love that that made the list. So let me recap for you. Here we go. Uh, five biggest uh, spiritual or influences on your child's spiritual health. Number one that the child regularly reads his or her Bible while growing up. Number two, the child regularly spends time praying. Number three, the child regularly serves in church while growing up. Number four, the child listens primarily to Christian music. Uh, Number five, the child participates in church mission trips and projects. And so here's what I love about this list is it's something that we can all do. There's nothing on here that requires a lot of money. There's nothing on here that requires us to make some crazy sacrifice that really it's about it's about teaching our kids to pray spend time in the bible and to serve other people um and 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 i just think that that's something that we can all do and it may not feel like you're making a a big difference day by day by day but then you you end up looking back and you realize that you've instilled um these lessons and principles and spiritual health in the life of your child You got anything else you want to add, Katie?
1: No, I just love this list. It's just, you know, it does. it's like progressive of like what is number one, number two, number three. And they're all kind of led by the parents. Like, you know, you read the Bible and we've all known that like reading is beneficial for kids. Now get the word out and do it that way, you know, and it's all led by us. And like you said, it doesn't take you know, a lot of money or a lot of effort or a lot of extra time, even it's stuff that you're already probably doing, but you could um, maybe try to do more of too. So,
0: yeah. So we're praying for your parents. You're doing a great job. It's a hard job, but you're doing a great job and you don't have to do something over the top extravagant. Just be consistent. Keep your family in church, get them serving, praying and listening to Lauren Daigle. (laughs) And I mean, if they listen to Lauren Daigle, they got to be saved when they're older. I'm just saying, but... (laughs) Uh, they can do it and uh, we're praying for you